There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We've got an absolutely tremendous hour coming up for you as we're talking a lot of basketball on the show tonight as we've got ourselves some great college basketball that is going to be happening on Wednesday. And we've got a few games that are currently in progress for Tuesday that we'll be keeping you abreast of. But top of that, got to be talking about the association. The All-Star break is now done and... Teams are starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm, and we're always in rhythm when this man joins me, right? Mitchell, he does great work over at Forbes. He is one half of the Ride the Line podcast. He is going to be joining me in 15 minutes, and we're going to be talking about the NBA landscape and probably going to be checking in a little bit on what we're seeing in the NFL as well. Don't want to go overly far with the NFL because we do have a lot of question marks, but now the combine is happening this week. I know that there's a lot of speculation as to where Marvin Harrison is going to be going because he's not going to be partaking and really much of anything with regards to the Combine. So have to get our good friend Grant's thoughts on that front and so much more. And we've got to get our thoughts on some winners with regards to college basketball board for this Wednesday as well. But we always have a winning time on this show when it comes to everyone behind the scenes and all the hard work that they put in. Without them, you would not be seeing all the great content here on VEASAN.com, YouTube TV, wherever you are getting this fine program. They do just absolutely outstanding work. You've got my producer, Brian. He does such an amazing job assembling these guests night in and night out and he's got a very difficult task he has to try to keep me in line and somehow someway he does so all so well and for those that are ever coming out to lovely Las Vegas, you want to check out his podcast, the Concierge Confidential Podcast. He knows all the hot spots here in the area. I know he does a great job sampling many different restaurants, taking a look at different cocktails that you're able to get there as well. He goes more for the cocktails. I give you more of the beer reviews, so it's a dynamic duo, to say the least, and it is dynamic what we all get. If you're watching on YouTube TV, Vista.com, I know that we've been getting distributed in more and more different outlets, and it's because of the great work of our tech 
technical directors. I know that Dakota's back there doing some great work. Alexis is doing some amazing work as well. We've got Isaiah, who I know he's our pretty much Mike Trout. He's a five-tool player here at Visa, and they all do absolutely tremendous work. And I mean, that's a difficult task, making me look halfway presentable in a video form. I mean, man, I would not want to have that responsibility yet. They do so also well. If you're listening a little bit after the fact as well, whether that be on podcast form on visa.com slash podcast or wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, list goes on and on. The man that is in charge of making sure that everything after the fact is all nice, crisp, and clean, that'd be Aramis, does a tremendous job there. And all of our video highlights that you see on Twitter slash X, that is Aramis as well. And then if you're listening live on visa.com, YouTube TV, just wherever you're able to get this show, Sports Map Radio, the IR Radio app, or terrestrial all across the country, I know that Isaiah was helping me out with regards to the audio engineer, and we've got Taylor doing absolutely amazing work there as well. And Taylor, he is one of the main balances of this show. I am a man from the great state of Wisconsin. He is a Chicago Bears fan, but we do share one thing in common. We both think that the Bears, they should be riding it out with Justin Fields, trying to be able to put some weapons around them because never know what you're going to be able to get out of these rookie quarterbacks. And something I was talking about on the show yesterday, you do want to take a look at these teams and they let their quarterback sit for a year. It has worked out very, very well. I'm a spoiled Green Bay Packers fan, so I'm able to say that very, very conveniently. But that said, when you draft, you sit a guy for a year or two. It's an old school model, but it's one that has worked out for so many different teams. I am look case in point Patrick Mahomes. He sits behind Alex Smith for a year, and now he's the best thing in the NFL. So I do think that there should be more and more teams that are doing that, and there should be more and more audio engineers like our good friends in Isaiah and Taylor. They do such great work, so big thanks to all of them behind the scenes, and because they do such great work behind the scenes, I need to do a good job with my picks, and I wrote up the under in Kentucky versus Mississippi State. Now, truth be told, I was thinking that we were going to get a really good line on Mississippi State, and I had to pivot to the under because that just did not come. I had to abandon ship on Mississippi State because it's like, man, they're up to four and a half, which that turned out to be a number that got overly inflated due to the spot, and certainly was so I was a very, at the very least able to hit that. But the under that went down in a fire heap. We're down to 19 games above 500, which is still really, really good. But I had someone ask me, what is the goal record? The goal is to win every single one of these. You never want to leave any stone unturned. You want to be able to hit every single one of these. So we're going to look to get back on track with this one as we're going to stay away from the totals. They have not been trading me so nicely the past few days. And we're going to take a look at this game. It's 695, 696 on the card. Maryland is going to be playing us in Northwestern. Northwestern finds themselves as a underdog of three and a half to four points. As I'm doing this, we're seeing quite a few of these three and a half start to dry up a little bit. And the total on this game is anywhere between 128 and a half and 129 and a half. And it's a circumstance where I'm going to be writing up Maryland. Now, this is a, a ballsy move, to say the least, because Maryland has not been too great this far this season, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. But you know what? With this Maryland team, they do a nice job of just pounding you into oblivion with regards to their defense. Maryland, a top 15 team in all of college basketball with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. I really like the way that these guys have been able to do a good job of not just guarding the three-point arc, but they completely push you off of the three-point arc because there's a lot of teams that they've got three-point shooting defenses that are a little bit or miss. They come and go, but 
It's another thing when you can't get off three-point shots altogether. As a matter of fact, in terms of percentage of shots that come from three-point range against this Maryland team, they're a top-20 team in all of college basketball, going up against a Northwestern team that has very much a reliance on the three-ball. In a roadside shooter court venue, Northwestern is getting 37.6% of their points from made threes. That's a top-35 mark in all of college basketball. Meanwhile, you take a look at what you're getting on this Maryland bunch, and it's been rough for them from three-point range. They are about 347th in all of college basketball with regards to uh, three-point shooting percentage. But this Northwestern team might just be the elixir to that. With Northwestern, they played against Maryland a little bit earlier in the season. That was a game where Northwestern was able to pick up a 72-69 win at home. But... Maryland in that game went 6 of 17 from 3 point range, and Northwestern has been awful at guarding the arc. They are outside of the top 325 in terms of opponents' 3-point shooting percentage. You've got a Maryland team that as well should be able to dominate the boards in this game. You've got a Northwestern bunch that in terms of their overall rebound rate, they are outside the top 240 nationally, while Maryland has done a really nice job being able to clean up the glass. They're a top 90 team with regards to rebound rate, which does balloon up when they do go at home. At home, this is a Maryland team that is in the top 45 nationally in terms of their rebound rate and for Northwestern. Right now, they only have one player out there on the floor that's giving you north of four and a half rebounds per game. That would be Brooks Barnizer. He's been able to give you about six and a half, seven rebounds per game. He's been relatively solid, but also for Northwestern, they have to play a little bit shorthanded in this game as well because Northwestern, they are without their number four scorer in Ty Berry. Ty Berry went down with a season-ending injury about four games ago. He was averaging 11.3 points and was legitimately the best three-point shooter on a team that is in the top 30 nationally with their three-point shooting percentage. Berry shooting 43 points. 3% from three-point range, and for the team, they are 3-1 and one ever since he suffered that season-ending injury. That comes with a little bit of an asterisk, though, as they have beaten three teams that are below 500 in the Big Ten ever since then. That'd be Penn State, Indiana, and Michigan. They have been rough this year, to say the least, and I believe in terms of straight-up record, Michigan and Penn State are certainly towards the bottom. Indiana, it's been a little bit touch-and-go, and Yay, verily, if you had Indiana on Tuesday, myself being someone from the great state of Wisconsin is just right now distraught at the way that this Wisconsin Badgers team has been playing a top 10 team going into the month of February. And boy, have things been going down the toilet bowl. Typically, we see this from Iowa, but this year, Wisconsin is instead decided, you know what? It's February and we're going to stop playing basketball. But that's a discussion for a different game. But with this Northwestern team, they've been able to go three and one without Ty Berry. But I still all my question marks with them because you'll have a Maryland team that while they are just 211th in the country in terms of points scored on a per possession basis again in the Big Ten home and road splits are big they've been much better at home they're averaging 13 and a half points more per one hour possessions at home rather than in a roadside shooter court venue and got a Northwestern team that in general they're clocking in about around 73rd in the country in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis this is not the same Northwestern team that it was a season ago they're still doing a relatively solid job of generating turnovers but you've also got a Maryland team that they themselves have been about a top 75 team in all of college basketball with regards to their turnovers force on a per possession basis now Northwestern does a good job of being able to take care of the ball but I think that with Barry being out the fold that is going to affect them quite a bit this Maryland team they push you off the three-point line I think that that is a good combination for Maryland to be able to get the job done here I'm personally willing to lay up to four and a half on this one the differentials and the margins are getting tighter and tighter you find that just with college basketball in general where you might have had just a whole bunch of like five plus point edges in November slash December and you get to lay 
late February, early March, you're not going to be finding as many of those. But I do like Maryland in this spot. I am going to be making my right up the old Terrapins. And with regards to the total, it is a little bit of a nip and tucker because you've got a Northwestern team that hasn't been playing a lot of defense. You've got a Maryland team that has been allergic to their offense as well. And you know that both of these teams are going to be playing at a relatively slow pace with this Northwestern team. They are well outside the top 250 with regards to total possessions per game. But I think this is going to be close enough for some late game following. I set my total at 131. I'm going to be looking at the over on 128.5. Am I right up? That is laying the points with Maryland 3.5 slash 4. Whatever you have available to you right now, one to lay both. How about if we take a look at this game as well? This is 675-676 on the betting board. Talk about a team that might be able to crash the dance. How about James Madison? They are on the road. They're facing off against Georgia State. Georgia State is a home underdog of eight and a half points. Totals between 153 and 154. Now, Georgia State has one thing going for them. They're one of the most supreme three-point defenses in all of college basketball. They're actually a top 15 team in all of college basketball with regards to opponents' three-point shooting percentage. That said, James Madison, they have been really good at the arc as well. They're a top 20 team with this regard. James Madison should be able to win this battle on the glass. You've got a Georgia State team that despite having that good perimeter defense, they're still outside the top 200 with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. James Madison does a good job of being able to rip the ball away. I did set my total 153 and a half here at the 154 that I'm seeing. I'm going to be looking at the under and if time allows, I'll dive a little bit more into this, but going to be willing to lay the number of James Madison. Team has been a wagon all season long, just like this man. Grant Mitchell, he does tremendous work over at Forbes. We turn it from college to pro basketball with him next on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Put the VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VSIN Pro annual subscription today and get your first year for just $199 instead of the typical price of $240. So, by being a loyal listener to the Greg Peterson experience, you save $41 by utilizing this promo code for the show. That would be Greg, G R E G. You get 
access to a little bit of everything with a Visa Pro annual subscription, our daily best bet emails to see a leaderboard of which Visa expert has a hot hand, betting splits to show you where the money and the bets are moving on every single game, betting systems, premium analysis, 24-7 video access, plus the upcoming March Madness betting guide with best bets for every single game and round of the NCAA tournament. Remember, utilize that promo code of GREG. Save yourself $41 when you type that in over at vsin.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. It's always great to be joined by this man, Grant Mitchell. He does great work over at Forbes. He's one half of the Ride the Line podcast. And Grant, it's always great to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you. No problem, Greg. Thank you for having me as always. You know, I, th- I think the camera's flattering me a little bit, but this whole, it kind of looks like a lumberjack over on this end. I don't know if you guys can tell, but probably got to get this gone in the morning, but it's here to stay for the show. Absolutely. I personally am a fan of the little bit of stubble look as well. You don't want to be going like Grizzly Adams with regards to the beard. I am unfortunately unable to grow that myself. It just comes in all patchy. So I just have to shave it off every single day because, man, it just does not look good. But I do think that you've got yourself a very good look. And I mean, things are looking great with regards to the NBA. If you're looking for intrigue out west, because right now no team has been able to separate. We have seen some nice performances ever since the All-Star break. I thought that it was very telling that the Nuggets were able to have the second half that they did a few nights ago against the Golden State Warriors, but I feel like we've been asking this question all season long as to, is there a team emerging out west? But I'll ask it once again. Is there a team out west that you're taking a look at right now and either A, they're starting to come to the forefront for you as a team that might be able to win the conference, or B, just a team in, value, in general that you find a little bit of value with? Well, just broadest picture possible, the West is a bloodbath. You say no team has separated, and you are right, but the top four seem to have separated from the rest of the pack. So the home court advantages in the first round kind of look like they've been set. We've got the Timberwolves, the Thunder, the Nuggets, and the Clippers. Okay, so let's take them out of the picture. Do you think any of those teams want to play the Phoenix Suns in the first round? Any of them want to match up with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal? No, I I didn't think so. Okay, what about the Lakers? Do you really want to go against LeBron James in the first round, the team that made it to the Western Conference Finals last year? No, you don't want to do that either. Okay, what about the Warriors and Steph Curry? Well, they just happen to be playing like a top seven team ever since we got back, uh, since Draymond Green got back from his suspension. Sacramento Kings, quietly, fifth seed in the West. DeMontis Sabonis putting up Jokic-like numbers, has a double-double in 40 straight games. The New Orleans Pelicans, maybe the most defensive vers- or versatile defensive team in the league. None of these teams are good first-round matchups to have, so it doesn't really matter where the seeding ends up. One through eight is not going to be an easy game. Nine first ten in the play-in is not going to be an easy game. So this Western Conference playoffs probably going to be the best one we've had in decades, potentially. That said, to answer your question, a team that I've looked at to separate from the pack. You know, I still have my questions about them, but I've gotten tired of every every week basically coming on the show and saying, Greg, it's a mess up there. So the team that I have identified, and it's not breaking news here, I like the Denver Nuggets. Now, am I worried about their struggles on the road? Absolutely. They're barely over 500 out of their building. If they can't lock up the one seed, that could rear its ugly head in the game seven in the playoffs. With that said, when I look at the offensive efficiency, and their ease of scoring, I mean, they, they've got everything that you could possibly want. And the one weakness that you might be able to point to on, on the offensive end would be Aaron Gordon. Well, all they do, they have him bring the ball up the court, then they send him diving to the hoop, and then you can have Jamal Murray coming back up, get the ball in a handoff with Jokic. Now Gordon's got a mismatch, or you've got Murray flying to the hoop, Jokic is rolling. They've just found a way to create beauty behind the madness, and their defense is a lot better than it was last year so. 
again, not breaking news to pick the defending champions, but considering they've been floating around that three, four seed, I feel like they are flying under the radar slightly for how good they actually can be. Yep, they certainly can be tremendous, and they lost a few pieces from last year's team, but by and large, the stars that we saw from last season, you mentioned Jokic, Jamal Murray, all those big-time guys, they're back out there on the floor, and when it comes to the West, this is probably going to be the most prime matchup that we're going to be seeing on Wednesday, and that would be the LA Lakers and the LA Clippers. So, home court environment for both of these teams, as the Clippers, they find themselves as three-point favorites as of right now, total is 236.5. How do you take a look at this matchup between the two teams out there in Los Angeles and you mentioned it with the LA Lakers yeah the record doesn't necessarily look the world's greatest but we saw what they were able to do in the second half last year the Lakers are a weird team Greg they really are because they looked like one of the two or three best defensive teams in basketball for the first 15 20 odd games then they were just pretty terrible on all counts and now they look like an excellent offensive team but they've got one of the worst defenses in the league And that's despite having a player in Anthony Davis, who in my mind is still a top three defensive player of the year candidate. It's just weird because their defensive rating is better with him off the court. But if you watch the games, you realize how much of an impact he has. It's just a real mess. And I think that, look, yes, L.A. did make it to the Western Conference Finals last year. And as well as their offense is playing, even though they've finally figured out how to shoot the basketball and make it go in the hoop instead of out of it. I think they've lowered their ceiling if they can't get back to being an outstanding defensive team. When you've got the personnel of Anthony Davis, forget the personnel even. When you've just got height and length of LeBron, AD, Rui, uh, Christian Wood, and then the the, uh, intensity of Austin Reeves being your point of attack defender, that's too good for you not to utilize. So yes, the Lakers offense looks good, but I I am a um, a little pessimistic about them moving forward. As it applies to this game here against the Clippers, I know that the Clippers have owned the Lakers for the past few years. And I know what, even if they weren't, even if they hadn't, I would still take the Clippers in this game, laying the points minus three with the way that they've been rolling with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and James Harden. They just look really good on, on all counts. They're a good rebounding team. They're good on defense and they're great on offense. They've got the best clutch net rating in basketball. I think that's going to be uh, able to power them down the stretch, even if it does turn out to be a close game. Yep, and I do think that this could turn out to be a close game, but when you've got the guys out there on the floor for the Clippers, which that's a big reason why I just can't really buy into them in a lot of futures because with the Clippers, you just never know when health is going to rear its ugly head and you're going to have someone get injured and it happens just way too much with Clippers, but as long as they're able to stay healthy, they've got themselves a really good team out there. As joining me on the show, we've got Graham Mitchell. He does tremendous work over at Forbes and he's joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network and do you want to take a look at this game as well because we're speaking of teams out west and this team is starting to grow on me just a little bit. I don't think that they're one of the top contenders quite yet, but the Dallas Mavericks, they hit the road, they're facing off against the Toronto Raptors. They're going to be a two and a half point favorite now this is a back-to-back they played this past night against the cleveland cavaliers they've lost that game but they were able to get you a cover in that game but how do you take a look at the mavericks both in this spot and moving forward because i do think that this could be a little bit of a tough spot but on all i like what i'm seeing out of this mavericks team yeah i'm really glad that you mentioned them because uh as soon as they made those moves just around the trade deadline i said that i thought you were going to see the biggest leap of improvement from the Mavericks going into the second half of the season. Now, they did lose to the Cavaliers tonight. Pretty ridiculous ending. Um, If anybody remembers the famous heat check clip of Kyle Korver when he was with the Hawks where he makes the four straight threes, Max Struess replicated that 
and then added a fifth three with less than a second left at, at the buzzer from his own free throw line, like a 50 footer to win the game. Uh, it looked like that uh, PJ Washington has scored the game winning bucket, but Max Struess had other ideas. So even though they did lose that game, still incredibly, incredibly optimistic on them moving forward. Now, these numbers aren't reflective as of today because, well, the game just ended about 30 minutes ago. But going into tonight's game, ever since they made those moves at the deadline where they traded Seth, Seth Curry and Grant Williams for P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford, they were fourth in defensive efficiency, 10th in offensive efficiency, fifth overall in net rating. Again, only a five-game sample size. But things looked really good for them. And when I consider the fact that you've got Luka and Kyrie, okay, they're going to be able to single-handedly drag you through the tough moments at the end of the games tonight notwithstanding. All you've got to do is sort out your defense. Luka has been having a very strong defensive year. Kyrie in isolation is allowing just .5 points per possession. That's lower than Anthony Edwards and Jonathan Isaac. Really, all they needed to figure out was the guys on that back line, the help side, the, the weak side, the rotators on defense, all that stuff. And with Gafford and Washington, I think that they've got it figured out. Everybody has a specific role on this team. Feels like everybody's a specialist, obviously, except for Kyrie and Luka. And everybody sticks to that role. So, yeah, I'm really optimistic on the Mavs moving into the second half of the season. And honestly, this is probably my fifth game in a row betting on them. But I like them to cover the two and a half against the Raptors. You know, shout out to Toronto. They've won three straight games for the first time this season. Even though they're at home, though, I just don't think they're going to be ready for what's coming towards them. I mean, Luka had 45 tonight. Kyrie had 30. And they're going to be angry after that late loss. I think Toronto's in for a handful on thir- on Wednesday. Yeah, and Toronto's been in for a handful all season long. Ever since they've been having to make a bunch of transactions and everything like that, the trade with the Knicks certainly comes to mind there. I know that they were the team that they snapped the Detroit Pistons' long losing streak as well. It's been a rough year for the Raptors, to say the least, but it's always a good time. Well, we've got Grant Mitchell on the show. He does great work over at Forbes along with the Ride the Line podcast. And coming up next, we do have ourselves some intrigue with regards to the NFL offseason. We're going to be talking talking about that and so much more with Grant right here on the Great Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you have yet to already, check out the all-new VEASAN.com because over at VEASAN.com, we've got so many articles to make you smarter, better every single day. Whether you like hockey, whether you like golf, college basketball, we've got you covered with a little bit of everything. Plus, we've got a whole bunch of betting tools, including my daily handicap lines, all up on there on the new VEASAN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by Graham Mitchell. Does great work over at Forbes. He is also one half of the Ride the Lion podcast. And Grant, I think that is very clear in the NFL what the next domino to drop is right now, Ben. Right now, we're all waiting with bated breath as to what in the heck is going to be happening with the Chicago Bears. Are they going to keep the number one overall pick? Are they going to trade the number one overall pick? Are they going to keep Caleb or are they going to keep Justin Fields and then go after Caleb Williams and have both on the same roster? I don't think that that would happen, but you know what? We have seen stranger things happen, but just how do you take a look at this NFL offseason right now? Because I feel like everything is in a holding pattern until we know what the Bears do. But as we know, sometimes there are surprises that happen along the way. 
Yeah, I can remember I can remember a draft where Washington took Robert Griffin the third and Kirk Cousins in the same draft. And you know, Robert Griffin the third went second overall. Cousins ended up being the better player, having a longer career. So I guess it's possible Chicago keeps Justin Fields and Caleb Williams and just opens a a quarterback competition. But you know, I don't think that's what's going to happen. There was a report that I saw earlier that the Bears have moved from minus six hundred to minus one thousand to keep the pick. And we all know, well, we all think. That's going to be used on Caleb Williams. I, I think it's the right decision. I, I was on your show last week talking about how, you know, you, you can get a huge haul for the first overall pick, but so there's still some split agreement or disagreement on if Caleb is really that good, but the people in his camp think that he is a generational prospect. I'm one of them. And I feel like you have to take the chance with Justin Fields. I still think he has potential. I still think he could turn out to be a good starting quarterback, but for whatever reason, he just, the situation seems to kind of exhausted itself in Chicago. I think you move on from him. You're able to get a first, second, third round pick back for him. That allows you to go back in the draft and you've still got a top 10 pick even after you take Caleb. So you can go to a receiver if you want. You can get him another playmaker, beef up the offensive line. You can go a whole bunch of different directions, but I think the Bears do end up keeping that pick and I think they do end up taking Caleb Williams. Yeah, with Caleb Williams, there's no doubt about it. He's got a lot of talent, but the one trepidation I would have, and it's something I've been bringing up on the show the last few days, and I want to get your thoughts on it as well. How much should teams be looking at just not having these quarterbacks just play day number one? Because if the Bears do move on, indeed, from Justin Fields, you have to figure that they're going to trade him away, and then they would draft Caleb, and then they would draft Caleb Williams, making him the number one overall pick, and then you've got nobody to really start in front of Caleb Williams. How much would you want to see a team just have a veteran quarterback for like for the example the Washington Commanders if they take Drake May at number two how much would you want to see Sam Howell perhaps start those first few games because I feel like a lot of these quarterbacks that are sitting even for like a half a season they're having a lot of success while these guys that start day number one they're the guys that seem to flame out the most well, I, th- I think that there's a little bit of context that's missing from that. If we're talking about Sam Howell and presumably Drake Bay may potentially Jaden Daniels, you know, Sam Howell's going into his second year, potentially as a starting quarterback, a third year player. He's not really someone like an Alex Smith who mentored Patrick Mahomes. He- he's not necessarily showing you this is what it's like to be a professional. These are the, the tips and tricks that I have that I've learned from a, a decade long career. You know, these are just still two young guys and the same rule applies there with Justin fields now it is a little different because maybe for whatever reason if you don't if you're not getting the the proper trade compensation you think you could for justin fields i guess there's a world you hold on to him and try to wait until the right partner comes along but no i don't think it's i don't think it's the same thing and with a lot of these top picks flaming out we also have to keep in mind they go to undesirable situations these are these are teams that have in franchises that have been devastated that's why they're picking at the top of the draft So that's why you see guys like Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold not really turn into something, but then a Lamar Jackson can win two MVPs being drafted at the end of the first round. It's, it's kind of unfortunate that um, the, the, the teams in more need end up taking these prospects that are quote unquote graded higher, but then they end up having the shorter careers, but it's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah, it certainly is. And we did see last year a guy in C.J. Stroud come in day number one. He was really a good example of guys that they can be successful right away. Peyton Manning was one of those guys as well, though, as we know, with Peyton Manning, it wasn't quite a C.J. Stroud-like season from year number one. Took him a few years, but they were able to develop as well. Joining me on the show, we do have Grant Mitchell. He does great work over at Forbes and the Ride the Line podcast. He's joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and... 
the major event that is right now happening in the NFL. It is the NFL Combine. A lot of people are wanting to see these stars out there in action. And I know that there are a few Combine props out there, and that's not something I'm going to be diving in on personally. I think that that would be very, very difficult to take a look at. Like, will a guy be able to break the 40-yard dash time? Now, if you've got, like, some clips of someone that might have been a track star or something like that, maybe you have a little bit of a handicap there. I personally do not. So I would say that that might be one that you sort of, of tread lightly on but with regards to combine what do you want to see here and do you think that this is a very good time to be able to find a little bit of value in the futures market because as we know the nfl draft props they are just more and more expansive every single year and a lot of what makes up these teams mind is what we do see in these combines and these pro days well, Greg, uh, before we jump into that, I don't know if you can tell, but that's that's a track spike right there. So any 40-yard <laughs> dash props you got, hit me up. You know, I ran in college. I'll be able to – we can go over some tape. We can break down the numbers together. As far as a prop or a player, really, that I'm looking at, I, I, to be honest, I don't know what the odds on this are, but there's somebody that I think could be a riser by the time we get to the draft. And it's a big-name player, but he's not in the top five on most mock drafts or anything like that. It's Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia. I could easily see him going at fifth or sixth. Again, most mock drafts have him lowered down. But when you look at the production that he had at Georgia, you know, a, a national champion, he caught over 20 touchdowns in his career, and he's so unique in, in what he provides to a team, being able to be that dynamic of a pass catcher at the tight end position. And when you look at uh, the dominant teams in the league right now, pretty much all of them, the really elite teams, have guys that can occupy space in the middle of the field. Well, that's exactly what Bowers is going to be able to do. And when you look at the teams that are picking a five and six, you've got Justin Herbert, John, John Harbaugh at five there, Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, at five. And when you look at what Harbaugh is like throughout his career, I mean, he's had he's had Vernon Davis with the 49ers last time we saw him. Runs a lot of 12 personnel. Obviously got a great quarterback, Justin Herbert, that can give him the ball. And he's also got, you know, some aging playmakers. Keenan Allen's getting older. Mike Williams getting older. Big contract, injury prone. They're getting rid of Eckler. This is a good time to bring in somebody who can make a lot of plays for you, but isn't going to cost too much. And if he does slip past five, well, then you've got the New York Giants at six. We've seen that. They want to be sort of a, a pass and run combination team. They want to be able to have that dual threat quarterback in Daniel Jones. They too have been starved for playmakers, so it wouldn't be a surprise to see a wide receiver go there. But when you think about the fact that they paid a lot of money to Darren Waller for him to come in and try to change their fortunes, didn't ultimately end up happening. Part of that you can blame on Daniel Jones getting injured. But still, if they have the opportunity to get somebody like Bowers, who again is going to be a matchup nightmare from the first day he steps in the league, I think they could absolutely be interested in that. So Brock Bowers to go fifth to the Chargers, sixth to the Giants. I certainly think that's very much on the board. Yeah, Bowers was just absolutely incredible. I do agree with you. And even though he missed a little bit of time due to injury last season, he was able to put up some incredible numbers. And the fact that he bounced back from injury and was able to have just the same level of production that he had prior to it, I think that that really speaks highly to what sort of a player he's going to be as well. And hopefully he's utilized a little bit more than, oh, I don't know, Kyle Pitts was over at, with the Atlanta Falcons last few years as well. And just how do you take a look at some of these teams? Because now we are getting to that point where we're talking 
talking about the NFL draft and there are a lot of guys that maybe they've been in the league a year or two like Kyle Pitts I think is actually a very good example and they get labeled that tag of bust how much do you want to take a look at perhaps a change of the regime in Atlanta and try to be able to take a look at things this offseason and realize all right maybe there is going to be a bounce back for someone like a Kyle Pitts someone that has been underachieving because I think that this is something very valuable to do in the offseason to try to take a look at some of these teams and some of these players that they might be able to lend some value moving forward. Yeah, that can, that can absolutely be a, be a crucial part of a player's career is the coach they have, or bigger than that, um, I guess depending on how you look at it, their position coach, their, their assistant coach. I mean, we saw the impact the Philadelphia Eagles had when they lost their coordinators, when they lost Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. You replace those guys, and the team that went to the Super Bowl was three points away from beating the Chiefs. Couldn't even get a, get a single playoff win. They lost to a team in the Buccaneers that barely finished over 500. So, yes, you're always going to find these players that are either underutilized or didn't fit the scheme or didn't start in the best spot there for their career. But for whatever reason, you know, it didn't work out, but they can still provide an awful lot to you. And just using your Falcons example with Raheem Morris there, I think he's going to really speak to that team that really started to turn around on defense last year. And then they've got a treasure trove of weapons on offense. They just got to get that quarterback right which is why a lot of sports books think that Justin Fields could be on his way over there as well. Time back into our first stop. Absolutely. And when it comes to this man, he does such a great job taking a look at the NFL, taking a look at the NBA and so much more. Grant, you do absolutely incredible work over there at Forbes and the Ride the Line podcast. And I always do appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for having me. There's going to be no shortage of intrigue when it comes to the NFL offseason, but prior to us being able to get more into the meat of the NFL offseason, we've got March Madness to take a look at, and we've got ourselves some great college basketball games wrapping up for Tuesday, and we're going to take a look at Wednesday, along with give you guys the March Madness beer review bracket next, right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. 
This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet of up to $1,000 if your first bet does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize that promo code of VEASAN when you do, because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here for the final segment of the night, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Coming up after myself, you're getting Wes Reynolds along with Matt Humans on VEASAN tonight. They always do a tremendous job. They're going to be taking a look at what we're all getting in college basketball. I'm sure that they're taking a look at a little NFL offseason and so much more. And whatever is happening in the world of golf, I know that they've got you covered. I personally don't do a ton of golf. I leave that work for those two gentlemen because they are absolute aces on that front. They always hit a hole in one. And when it comes to this show, it's all about getting you to VEASAN tonight safely, hopefully with a little bit more money in pocket. And we do have to embrace the fact that March Madness is coming. With our beer reviews, we have decided to go NCAA tournament style, pairing up. Now we are in the round of 32 of breweries. We had 39 in total. We had a few playing matchups and won those from the playing matchup. They're in a 1-8 matchup. And let's see how this one goes as we're going with a little bit more of a sour beer tonight here on Hoops on Ops. Little bit of love for the Pacific Northwest. We went with Fremont and the Blood Orange Lime and San Juan Sea Salt Gose. I had to pronounce, I did not know if it was like Gozi, Goose, something like that. It is Gose. So I was able to get this one correct. And I mean, this is a little bit of a lighter beer at 4.5% alcohol by volume. You're going to find that with a lot of sours. There are some sours that pack a little bit of a punch, but this one was a little bit more on the light side. And typically, when you have a beer like this, in which you've got it, distinct flavor like i notice this a lot of the stouts with cinnamon in there typically it goes a little bit too heavy or a little bit too light and they actually did a relatively good job of hitting balance here i would have preferred just a little bit less salt but all in all they were able to do a solid job this one was a little bit tart for my liking but you know what with just all the flavors in general i thought that each of the individual ones they actually did a relatively good job with as you can tell from the name because when you have a beer that is a blood orange lime and cinnamon San Juan Sea Salt Gose. That is a mouthful, and personally, I'm someone that wants to keep it a little bit more simple, so I thought that there were maybe a few too many chefs in the kitchen on this one, but all in all, every individual flavor that I had in here tasted pretty authentic, tasted pretty good. Would have liked to see them simplify this a little bit more, though. So as a result, this one gets a 7 out of 10, and Fremont, they are the eighth seed in the beer review bracket. They're going to be up against the one seed in Sweetwater. They are going to be going with the Tropical Gummies IPA tomorrow, which I've heard some mixed reviews there. And Sweetwater is looking to be the first one seed to, to advance in the beer review bracket. Right now, we have had the eight seeds go 2-0 and thus far. So we shall see if it becomes 3-0 and or if Sweetwater is able to get the eight seeds off or the one seeds off the schneid. And when it comes to trying to be able to get off this tonight. We've got one late game that is going to be happening in college basketball here in about 15 minutes. If you miss it a little bit before, I'm going to be taking San Jose State. Right now, we're seeing this number at a lot of places at a 22 with regards to the number. You were able to get a few 21 and a a little bit before. You were able to get a few 22 and a Total on this game is 139 and a half. And personally, I do like the over in this spot as well. Not going to go too far in depth as I do on it on a few games that are going to be happening for Wednesday. But 
This is a spot where I set my number more around 19. Keep in mind, last time these two teams played, it was a one-possession game, and San Jose State has been legitimately pretty good with their offense. They've got a bunch that's able to shoot about 35% from three range. It is very much a top-heavy team, but Tibet Gronair, Trey Anderson, these guys are able to combine for about 23.5 points per game. I do like what they're able to bring to the table. Certainly, San Diego State has them outgunned, and San Diego State, just from a straight-up perspective, has been really good at the VAR Center, but I always have a little bit of trepidation when it comes to a school like San Diego State laying this big of a number, even with even with San Jose State being a bunch of, well, you take a look at them in terms of points slot on a per-possession basis. They're in 34th in all of college basketball, but they've got one of those weird splits where they've actually been better on the road. They're actually giving up 3.2 points fewer per one of possessions in a roadside stretch court environment rather than at home. So... I take a look at this ordeal. I do think that you're going to get points up on the board. I mean, the last time these two teams played, both teams were able to exceed 75. So, did some my total 141. Going to be looking at the over there. And with San Diego State, made them a 19-point favorite. So, going to be looking at the points with old San Josie State. And then, for the DK Network write-up pick, if you missed it from about 30, 35 or so minutes ago, I am on Maryland in this spot. Right now at DraftKings, it's game number 695, 696 on the rotation, by the way. This has steamed up quite a bit ever since I gave this out with regards to the write-up and ever since I posted it up because when I was doing this, it was three and a half. Right now, DraftKings is the lone book that is at a four and a half. We have seen this steam up in lovely Las Vegas too. Most books being more around five to five and a half. So if you have yet to take this one, I would say wait to see if there's a little bit of buyback because for Northwestern, I'm trying to see if there's some sort of an injury that should be a focus because I talked about one in Ty Berry, but I mean, that's very much known information right now. This is going to be game number five without Ty Berry. So I don't think that this steam move is happening because Ty Berry's out of the fold because, well, he's been out of the fold for each of the last four games, but... I do think that it's a little bit of a trippy, tricky spot for Northwestern. And as we know, with the home teams in the Big Ten, you just fire them up and typically they've been able to knock them down. We've been seeing a lot in the Big 12 as well. You're going to find out in a minute. Not going so well for those home teams in the Big 12 on this lovely Tuesday. But that said, my write-up, I did make it a Mar- on Maryland laying the number. If you still have the four and a half like I'm seeing at DraftKings, still good. I would say at five or more, I would tread a little bit more lightly on that. Try to see if there's a little bit more buyback or... Or if there's perhaps a spot where you're able to shop the line and try to be able to get down to more like a four to four and a half as this would open up at a three and a half. And right now the money has been coming in on Maryland. And I did allude to it. If you've been taking big 12 home teams here on Tuesday, not been too terrific as Houston was unable to get a cover against Cincinnati. Right now we are staring at a game between Texas and Texas Tech. I look up and... It's 65 to 40. Texas Tech is getting completely lambasted in Lubbock. If you're looking to bet this thing live, well, we're going to be laying a gob ton of points on Texas. Texas, a minus 20 and a half point favorite live. And I was alluding to it at the beginning part of the show. You do want to take a look at some of these teams that they've got a little bit of experience. Maybe they've just been underachieving a little bit thus far this season. I thought Texas fit the bill and Man, they are putting a whopping right now on Texas Tech. So that has been a little bit less than terrific. This has been pretty terrific, though. I mean, if you have the over right now in Iowa versus Penn State, you should be feeling very good about yourself. Iowa, for the 33rd time in their last 35 home games, they have exceeded at least 75 points, and it's currently 75, 79 to 65. Seven minutes remaining in the second half in this one. So you're seeing just a big, giant expose of scoring there. And Vanderbilt is right now up double figures on the road against Arkansas. 
talk about one of the biggest disappointments in all of college basketball. Arkansas has brought in so much talent and they've been a rudderless ship because they don't have any sort of a point guard whatsoever. Coming into this game, Devo Davis was leading the team at assists with 2.1. That's really where this Arkansas team has went wrong. Personally, I took the double figures with Vanderbilt just because I don't think that Arkansas should be laying double figures against anyone in the SEC, even though Vanderbilt has been horrible in their own right this year. But 73-60, five minutes remaining in the second half. Vanderbilt currently a 10.5 point home or a 10.5 point live favorite. My goodness. I mean, man, that has just been really rough for this Arkansas team. And when it comes to teams that are riding good and riding bad, it has been a little bit all over the place the last few weeks for Xavier. But I can tell you right now, this team has been riding bad, and they're a team that I want no part of as well. This is 701, 702 on the betting board. DePaul. At the road, they're facing off against Xavier. Xavier is a 19.5 point favorite. Zodan's game is 156. Guess what I'm not jonesing to do? Taking points with DePaul. I mean, my goodness, this thing has been sad. Now, if there is one good thing with this ball team, their top scorer, Chico Carter, he's now back at the fold. He's been able to do a relatively solid job and talk about a well-traveled man. He played at Murray State for a little bit of time, played at South Carolina for a little bit of time. Now he finds himself here at DePaul. I think that I missed the school. I think he was at like LSU or something like that, but I think he's on like school number four at this point. He has been a very well-traveled gentleman, but they're going up against the Xavier team that while they do have their warts. The Xavier Bunch has been able to find quite a bit out of Quincy Alvary. He comes in from Rice. We give our own Delane Kiffin go owls. He's been able to do a nice job. Give the team 17 points per contest. And with Xavier, the team does a okay job. Obi will be able to guard the three-point arc. Nothing great, nothing terrible, but you just take a look at DePaul and all of their metrics. It's like just a big giant sheet of red. They're outside the top 275 in terms of points scored, points allowed on a per-possession basis, rebound rate. They've honestly shot okay at the free throw line. They're a league average team with that regard, but they don't have a single guy in the roster that's averaging north of four and a half rebounds per game. Deshaun Nelson has had to be a little bit of a do-it-all guy, giving you like 10 to 11 points per game. Meanwhile, you've got a Xavier team that it's not quite the same offensive team that they've been the past few seasons, but you know what? They've been able to get Davion McKnight going. He's a little bit of statue suffer. He's able to give you 10 points, four boards per contest, and just until further notice, I just can't do it to Paul. I set my line at 20 and a half. As long as we could keep this below 20, I'm going to be willing to lay it with Xavier and DePaul. They're just bleeding points at this point, but I just don't know if they do their part with regards to the total. So looking under there, I'm with Marquette. They are currently a 10 and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay it with them. I'm going to be willing to lay up to 12 with them. So that's a little biggest action for Wednesday. And we've got a lot of action coming up next as Wes Reynolds, along with Matt Eumas. They've got you covered on VSIN tonight. The next three hours right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.